Hello and welcome to episode number 224 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We're watching movies that we're excited to see again. I know, it's really weird feeling. Like this is kind of a little bit more normality um, mm-hmm. in a strange way because yeah, this was one of the few movies um, that actually has got a release. You know, this was scheduled for a cinema release back at the start of the year and then just got completely decimated along with everything else um and this one never really got rescheduled either it just it just got taken off the schedule completely um and yeah came out on demand in the past week so yeah we're going to be discussing run later um in this episode um but yeah kind of continuing the trend of like the last couple of weeks are just (laughs) mental with the news um and we still have some cool stuff to talk about this week which is great like definitely not on the levels of the last two weeks and, and it's not as much stuff which is maybe good or bad depending on how you look at it but um still some cool stuff um and yeah kicking things off with something that kind of broke over the weekend that i know made us both very happy um is some stranger things news (laughs) (laughs) which is always a welcome and yeah we got we got some casting update in season four um this one really came out of nowhere because i was not expecting it um is that one robert england is is signed on to star in the fourth season of stranger things oh, so good what what an announcement <laughs> i'm so buzzed like, because like robert in kind of recent years has been like doing a lot of b horror movie and kind of like mm. i haven't seen him in anything that's like you know glossy and polished for mm. a while and and him being 100%. in like something like this with the production level and the, and the cast around him like i can't wait like i really like i don't even care like what what his character is good bad or indifferent like i think it's gonna be fantastic either way yeah yes yeah, it's, it's funny you said about what he's been up to because i had like a normie i guess over the weekend you know speak to me about this where they were like oh that's cool like what does he do you know because they know him mm. for freddy and, and i had the exact same thing where i was like well you know he kind of does like bit roles cameos in horror movies but he really hasn't done like I say we've been doing this for four and a half years and we've not seen have we seen him in anything for the podcast probably not for the podcast no there was, was he in, those the, was he in that death house movie um He's got to have been right. I, um, I was thinking he, that, but then I'm like, I can't yeah, even picture I can't him in picture it. Him in it either. The one I saw him in was that um, carnival, the film the, one, the, 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 oh, the carnival, the carnival one, yeah. one that, that was a recommendation, but we didn't actually review it for the show. I just watched it, and, mm. and yeah, that's the most recent thing I've seen him in. Uh, yeah, mine would have been that movie, The Last Show, in which is about five or six years old, oh, now, yeah. um, decent, which is a cool movie. movie um but yeah this is just, this is just phenomenal like he deserves it so mm-hmm. much and i think especially with stranger things like they pay homage to nightmare on elm street all the goddamn yeah, time and i think like this is the best way to do it like it's one of those things where we we always kind of pay homage to these people but then we don't get them on board we're just like oh yeah we're just going to talk up how much we love nightmare but it's like this guy's around he's a great actor get him involved yeah. and so that's what makes me so happy about this um and that's the thing robert robert england yeah. has got acting chops so like mm. that that's why I, I don't really care what his character is i'm just super excited yeah. to see him i just hope that he plays a decent part and is in it a, a fair amount um yeah i don't think he's going to be in it a huge amount <laughs> no <laughs> you no, know when i think about like um, one minute as you know as much as possible but the cast is already so stacked that it's difficult yeah, because they keep adding more and more people. Because obviously they added, um, was it Carrie, you know, old uh, Lawrence Gordon from Saw in the last season, didn't they? And he was like barely in it. He was in like two scenes. Um, yeah, that was an appropriate amount. Yes, I completely agree with that. <laughs> um, 
He's not Robert England. No, he is absolutely not. <laughs> um, but yeah, moving on, um, keeping the kind of Wes Craven theme going in the news, mm. like we always love to do. Um, I think I kind of, this is one of those ones that we, we love just talking things into existence on this yeah. podcast. We literally asked this question <laughs> last week's show and it broke mere hours after. Did it break yeah. before our show went live? I don't think it did this time, but I honestly don't even know because it's just so funny. But yeah, we basically said like, hey, it'd be nice to hear more from Scream. You know, even like a title would be nice. Um, And that's exactly what happened over the weekend. Um, What's the title for Scream? Yeah, so Scream 5 um, is no more. Now the title of Scream 5 is Scream. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's the title. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's just let's just get right into it because I have my thoughts. What what do you make of this title? I, I just don't even know anymore. Like when we're in the uh, the the Halloween uh, mm. and, and jigsaw kind of title names, I'm I'm kind of like oh, okay. Well, at least at least the name Scream doesn't offend me. The movie the movie should be called Scream something, but it's just mm. kind of. You know, the, the fact that they've got everyone else on board, like, um, you know, I would have thought Scream 5 should have been what the title was. The fact that, um, like, we don't really know where this is set in the Scream universe, do we? Is this set post-4? No. Do we know anything? No, we have zero confirmation no. on that. We know so, that they're playing the same characters that they played previously. That's all we know. Yeah. So I just mean feel a lot like, of things. yeah, with the title now Scream makes me think that this is no longer a continuation. Um, you know, if it is, then the title makes no sense. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's very confusing um, to say the least. Um, yeah, I think it's shit. I, I don't like it at all. Um, I've seen people try and defend it online, and their main defense seems to be that, oh, you know, marketing, like people know Scream and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no, I get why they're calling the movie Scream. Like, yeah. you don't need to give me a shit, like, basic marketing yeah. lesson. I'm telling you from a fan's perspective, this title sucks. Um, yeah. I don't like it as a fan. And I don't like the fact that there's free movies called Halloween either, for the record. You know, there's, mm. there's, I don't <clears> like this. I, it really sullies it for me. And especially when it is the same canon and the same continuation. When it's not um, a remake, it gets very confusing, you know. Mm. And I think, um, I, I, I don't know what the fear is of like the, the kind of years gone by, you know, the Resident Evils of the world where they mm. would just slap a word at the end of mm. Resident Evil, you know, just, just call it like scream homecoming. I don't know. Like whatever, yeah. you know, well, um, this comes in phases clearly, don't they? Because it was, it was oh numbers are great. Cause they get yeah. people involved. And it was like, Oh no, you can't call a movie, you know, scream five. Cause then all the people that haven't seen one, two, three and four are going to feel excluded. Mm. So then it was the case of adding a random word. Like you I, said, I thought this would be a random word generator. I'm not going to lie. 100%. Yeah. yeah. But um, and now it's the point of like even with like Candyman and stuff, and I I know that's slightly different because we don't know exactly what that is. You know, they are they're not saying yeah. it's a remake, but but yeah, like the Halloween stuff is you, was clearly in, the muddiest. You're in very different rules when you make when you're in a Scream franchise and you mm. have uh, the three actors back in involved. Yeah, you know, at that point, um, you are you are continuing that storyline in some capacity um you, you are carrying that mantle you know you're not doing a reimagining you're not doing a a, a a brand new start because you have those three those three actors in there mm. and so you carry baggage with it and i don't think you can just brand it scream but but also i mean ultimately i don't give a shit about a one second flash card at the start of the movie like i, I want to see the movie 
Yeah, I completely agree, but this is all we've got to go on right now. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My final thoughts on the actual title is that, yeah, I don't like the title. There's a lot of jokes about Five Cream as the title, yeah, which... Five Cream should have been it. Yeah, I love it. And I don't know if you saw, there's like um, one of the actors in the movie, one of the younger actors had a t-shirt that he posted on Twitter that they gave out when they were on set. And it was a reference to that title, Five Cream, where it's a picture, it's like Ghostface holding these five cartons of cream. And, and it's so good. And um, I want one of those t-shirts. Um, sure. But yeah, but yeah, so I don't like the title. But moving on from that, obviously, you mentioned the fact that kind of what does this mean for the movie? And like, mm. that's where I get terrified, because... Mm-hmm. If this is the Halloween treatment, which I've gone on record with Halloween, that I didn't like it then, and that's not even a franchise that I remotely care about as much as Scream. You know, I don't think you should pick and choose with canon. I think you have to live with the mistakes of the past, and you can either do a full remake, which is perfectly fine, or you, you know, like you know, what I'm trying to say, like I don't like when they just pick and choose certain movies because it just no, gets so you, goddamn messy. You, you can't be like, oh, this is the ninth movie, and one, four, six, and seven are still yeah. Valid. Like, like one one and four are canon in scream but yeah. now two and three aren't it's just like yeah. what yeah you it's can't do bullshit. that yeah you can't be like oh yeah randy didn't die like yeah. you know one this is what i'm thinking valid, this is 100 percent what i'm thinking yeah no you can't do that you you like you say you you remake you you reimagine or you continue but mm. you can't you can't do a mixture and it's kind of like you know that that was what halloween did it kind of wanted to remake and continue at the same time yeah and, so and, i'm worried <laughs> it's basically like i want to hear more i want them to there's obviously there's a hell of a long time to speculate and i'm sure there's gonna be a very long time before they um if that is the case they're gonna know there's gonna be a backlash and at some point they're gonna want to get out of the way but like i'm dying to find out more about this movie and i just want them to say like no i just want the writers to say like look the first four movies are canon and then i can just like chill <laughs> um because i am worried right now and yeah like if that if the worst comes to worst and they do some hokey bullshit like halloween my god that's gonna be a hell of a you're gonna get a hell of a rant on this podcast because i am never gonna let that go um we're still gonna have ghostbusters afterlife though bro (laughs) yes um moving swiftly on um is some really interesting news actually about about um the next film in the predator film franchise um (laughs) Obviously, um, we saw The Predator. We absolutely loved it. Um, I've been mm. really meaning to rewatch that movie. I've only seen it once at the cinema. Yeah, same. Um, had a great time with it. Just such a fun movie, man. And uh, yeah, so kind of this is really out of nowhere. Um, and then there is a small update to it as well. But um, Deadline are reporting that the next movie in the Predator film franchise um, will be directed by Dan Trachtenberg. Um, who, of course, for the podcast, was one of the first movies we covered with 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, mm-hmm. He fans of that. It was his debut as a director. He was then kind of attached to a myriad of projects. <laughs> um, most recently, was the Uncharted movie for a good while. Um, he then dropped off that shortly before it actually finally got into production. Um, on that shit show um and so now he's working on predator um the kind of updates with this is that deadline reported that this has no connection to the recent predator movie um which i found to be quite interesting Mm. um and then he also tweeted about it saying something very interesting um he says this was meant to be a surprise been working on this for almost four years now i'm very sad that what (laughs) we had in store for how you could discover this movie will no longer happen it's a bummer but also yay um which is like there's so much to unpack here <laughs> yeah like, i'm so confused is predator yeah. gonna join the cloverfield universe is my first question 
I mean, that's what it sounds like. Like, yeah, so obviously that's what happened with 10 Cloverfield Lane. It was a very secret project. People didn't know it was a Cloverfield movie until well into its uh, post-production. Um, it got surprise announced and it was out within a month, um, mm. which was insane as well. And so, yeah, it seemed like Dan wanted to do that again with a Predator mm. movie, um, which would have been interesting. Obviously, Deadline are just doing their job. And so that has now kind of been announced. Um, but also four years on this one yeah um that's two years before the predator came out so you know this was a completely <laughs> separate predator project from the get-go um this I horror, mean, horror ip man mm, like it, it just makes no sense no i mean i don't even know what to really say to this it, do you because it it's so odd it doesn't really matter like if a movie's successful or a failure mm. like in in this world like the, these kind of older ip and even though Predator is not like the oldest, but you know, mm. like it, it kind of, it, it, it just seems like all bets are off and there can be six movies getting made at any given moment. Like let's yeah. be honest, how many Hellraiser movies are being shot right now? I'd <laughs> imagine at least half a dozen. Like, I wonder how many Hellraiser movies Doug Bradley's made that I haven't bought the DVD of, yeah. you know, and I've brought a lot of DVDs yeah for the record well what's crazy is like kind of excluding the aliens versus stuff there's only been four predator movies yeah, like sure. including the predator so like there really isn't a huge amount of these but this was such a weird news story like first of all i'm excited i think dan is a great director and i've been mm. wanting to see more for him for four years now since 10 cloverfield lane so i'm yeah. glad he's once again attached to a project i just hope that this gets off the ground because he, he seems like one of these guys that just keeps getting attached to like dead horses at this point um but also like i'm like four years before the predator like it's just i'm a bit confused <laughs> by all of this to be honest with you um the, but the i'm excited as well because i remember the the movie that we ended up seeing like mm. was was one of these that seemed like it was in some sort of hell where we got the kind of like a weird picture of predator on a tank and all this kind mm. of news about different directors and and who's doing what and um i was trying to think was it was it del toro that was attached to it or someone like that possibly yeah like especially the avp um, stuff got really murky for a while yeah and like i remember just like thinking well this predator movie is never gonna get made and then like we, we saw it and it was great like so yeah it's it's, yeah. it's weird yeah for sure but i want to see more from this um and then yeah next up this is a pretty mental one actually that um cat sent us on twitter um that i'm gonna have to talk about um so she forwarded us this one um this one was from discussingfilm.net who i'm not familiar with it's not a website i frequent um it's not saying that they're not valid in any way it's just i can't speak from personal um a place mm. to know whether this is valid or not um so just take that i guess before we talk about this news story and then we can get really excited for about what i'm going to say um but they were reporting as an exclusive about ari Aster's next movie um, okay. um and their exclusive was that joaquin phoenix is in talks mm. to star in the movie um which i is don't know if the world's ready for that no i'm, I'm not i'm not ready for it that's for damn yeah. sure um so yeah, i know what ariasta can do and i and, <laughs> and like recently can now see what joaquin felix phoenix can do i yeah. don't, i don't know if i want to see the two together my god like <laughs> this just sounds ridiculous um yeah so the movie's called Bo is afraid um he would be playing the lead ro role of Bo and yeah stop me if you've heard this one before Is as to regards <laughs> as to regards to the description <laughs> it's so funny you've already said that um <laughs> Bo is described as an extremely anxious but pleasant looking man who has a fraught relationship with his overbearing mother 
their relationship is a, is affected from the fact that he never knew his father. So mm-hmm. that is weird to me. Um, mainly because of the fact that with Joaquin, he does such different roles all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, all jokes aside, this does sound very similar to Joker. <clears throat> I'm sure the final movie is not going to be remotely like it. We are clearly just reading a very small, you know, backstory of his character. Um, but this, this, you know, that is Joker, (laughs) like everything about what I just said, you could say about the movie Joker as well. Um, but yeah, this is kind of all this new story is like I say, it's, um, it's only a rumor. It's not been confirmed by any major websites. Um, but either way, man, Mm -hmm. the fact that he's even in talks for this is like, so goddamn exciting. Um, I just hope this is true. (laughs) Yeah, me too me too yeah. i mean it would it would be crazy like yeah i don't i don't care what the role is like again mm. it would just be, it would just be terrifying to see those two work together yeah and I, and I, and way. I think it's worth saying as well that like i don't think this is like absolutely unbelievable either like ariasta no. is is on a certain trajectory and i think getting whacking phoenix in a lead role in his next yeah, movie Joaquin is not phoenix out of the realm of possibility like don't, don't get me wrong like joker has put him on a different platform mm. where he was before but if his mindset is still where he was before, like which, I could which see it will him, be, yeah, because he's that sort of person. Yeah. Like, I, I, I could one hundred percent see the, the, the you know, it, it's kind of perfect for the two of them. Yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. You know, because he he can justify the role because because of Asta, you know, and like you say, what he's done and where his trajectory is, and and obviously this would be a massive get for for Ari as well mm. to have him lead in it. So yeah, I think it'd be great. Oh man, it'd be so good. Like one of the best things about right now is like there's so many horror directors who we love who have either you know projects that we know are coming that are in the can or have like been announced. Like it's really cool that we actually you can kind of get a mind Come map on, of like Rob. what all these. Come on, Rob. Well, that's the thing. Like he he is the one guy right now who is just like no, nah, I'm just I'm, I mean he's released a new album next year, so like he's doing stuff, but obviously not in the film space. Mm. But like we know what Jordan's doing, we know what Ari's doing, we know what Robert's doing, like we know what so many of these guys are doing now and it's just god damn it's exciting i just can't wait to see these films um just give me one of them give yeah. me one of them <laughs> um and then lastly just a very quick update because we have talked about this movie a lot recently um is freaky um we didn't know the exact date about when we would be getting this oh, um yeah. We do now, um, and it's very soon, uh, like we thought. Um, it is out on demand December 4th, um, so next Friday. Um, the only thing I want to add to this quickly before we move on is obviously regarding us in the UK, supposedly our lockdown is over at that point. Um, yeah. I have no idea what's going on with cinemas, if there's still even uh, any cinemas in the country at this point. <laughs> um, but if they are opening, surely they'll be showing Freaky. So there is still a slight think... chance that we might see this on the big screen, which would be cool. I think Squirrel overtook all of our cinemas yeah, i think definitely. wildlife took them back yeah that's one thing um, to call the things that are in the cinemas right now um but yeah i like because like you say i'm excited to see this movie obviously i'll take on demand but i really wanted to see this on the big screen because it looks like a big cinema film to i mean me. everything i've seen like it should be that we're back and running soon yeah like definitely full capacity yeah everything's so reliable right now so yeah <laughs> um but yeah we'll get to see it at some point which is cool um but yeah that's the news this week shall we talk about this week's film let's do it let's talk about run
So yeah, like we obviously said um, at the start of the episode, like this was one that um, I, I assume it was when I talked about it in the news um, was when like the trailer dropped for this one um, because I don't think we were like too aware of it before. Um, no, I think it was on my upcoming list because of um, obviously Sarah Paulson. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it was just kind of like a synopsis and it was like, okay, this sounds cool. And, and that was it at that point. Yeah, and and then the trailer kind of dropped, and I remember watching it like right at the start of the year. It must have mm. been like February or March, and well, probably before that actually. And um, which I loved it. Like you say, we talk mm. a lot about trailers and the the positives and the negative negatives. But I think yeah, like with the Candyman trailer, this was a great trailer. It really pulled me in. It completely sold the concept, which is what it needed to do. But it didn't give mm. away anything. It was like I want to see this film. Um, and so yeah, from that point on, I wanted to see it, and then we obviously couldn't. Um, it it was a real shame for them in terms of their marketing so this was going to come out on mother's day in the states mm. um and all of their awesome marketing was was surrounding that because of course you know we'll get into the point in a minute but this is very much about a mother-daughter relationship um and so mm. it was a really match made in heaven i think they were doing a really good job of marketing this movie with his posters mm. and his trailer um and then once it kind of got pulled from that initial release like i said earlier it just disappeared off the face of the earth um yeah, yeah. and as we discussed, it was only last week, wasn't it, with Antebellum, really, where Lionsgate, I don't think, have handled the pandemic the best out of all the production companies um, because a lot of their movies have just disappeared off the face of the earth um, or got mm-hmm. massive delays like Spiral. Um, they really haven't shown an ability to adapt this year. Um, no. But, and this was one that disappeared for so long. And then about a month ago, it resurfaced in a news story where it just said, oh, yeah, it's coming to Hulu <laughs> with like no <laughs> fanfare whatsoever. Um, and it was still on my radar from from the moment I saw that trailer. And so we finally got to see this movie. Um, and yeah, all that bullshit aside. Now let's actually talk about the film. Um, oh, so yeah. so what is this movie about? <clears throat> Yeah, so kind of touched upon it a minute ago, but kind of stars kind of Sarah Paulson, who um, obviously has been pretty prolific for the podcast over the years, because um, obviously we see her predominantly in American Horror Story on a regular basis, Mm. but we kind of saw her in Glass and um, something else recently, wasn't it? Bird Box. Bird Box, so that was it. Um, And um, yeah, so she's been pretty prolific throughout the podcast and kind of... um, yeah, I've seen her in like a couple of things, like other you know stuff mm. that I've just watched not for the podcast. She just seems to be in everything. Um, yeah, she got but, so popular uh, in the last like five to ten years. Mm, yeah, and um, she's kind of the 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 lead in this with um, I think a, I think an actress who's kind of like a debut role, right? It is. I looked her up afterwards, and she's literally been in one short movie six years ago. Mm, yeah, <laughs> and that's um, it. <laughs> and so. Yeah, Sarah plays um, the mother of Chloe, our kind of lead in this, um, and and Chloe is um, so so kind of the movie opens up and we we kind of learn that um, Sarah kind of like um, gives birth to Chloe and she has kind of problems kind of showing from birth and that she's kind of um, I don't know what her illness is, but she's she's confined to a wheelchair and has some sort of muscular well, she has disease four. where. But okay. I don't know. I, don't, oh, I can't yeah, pronounce two of them. But they say them at the start. Yeah, yeah, they all popped up at the start. Yeah, you're right. And and yeah, yeah and it's asthma like basically... and um, paralysis are the main yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. And so, kind of, um, we we we're joining the movie and kind of where Chloe is um, of uh, college age, and she's mm. been homeschooled by by kind of Sarah's character Diane, the the mother. Um, 
for her entire life and it's she, she's almost housebound really she 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 leaves the house on very few occasions and um has kind of applied for colleges and is ready to kind of go out in the world and kind of um we we kind of get this opening scene where where um Sarah's character is in this kind of like support group for mums about yeah. like they, and and they kind of touch upon like the fact that Chloe's going to be going to college and and how difficult that's going to be and yeah we kind of we start to see kind of Chloe's day life and her routine where she's kind of been homeschooled she has kind of a, a really tough um morning routine where she has to get herself ready and and kind of um she she kind of wakes up and has to like hack up a load of phlegm every morning and it's and then kind of has this very routine day and and just kind of like we we get to see this monotony of her life and then Taking loads um, of pills yeah and and very early on we then um she stumbles across um uh pills in a grocery some grocery shopping that have her mum's name on it as opposed to hers and it starts to ring alarm bells with Chloe because these are the pills her mum gives Chloe as opposed mm. to herself. And that's kind of the catalyst for this movie starting to go where it goes, where Chloe becomes more and more suspicious of her mum's intentions, kind of why is she giving her these pills that are prescribed to her? What do these pills do? Like how, you know, if her mum's lied about this, what else is she lying about? And And kind of... Chloe, you know, the rest of the movie is kind of Chloe going down this rabbit hole of um, what is her mum lying about? What is her mum's intentions? And and kind of, um, you know, what the hell's going on? And kind of, um, you know, re- really exploring that. I, uh, I think the, the movie starts at like a, a pretty good pace for me. Like we mm. get into what I've described pretty quick. Like she yeah, discovers those pills in 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 the opening kind of you know five or ten minutes of the movie and then and then we really do kick on to this discovery for the rest of the movie Mm. yeah when i was in it in the moment i was kind of a bit like man i almost wish wish there was a bit more set up because it does like you say get straight to the right boom we've Mm. set everything up here's all the characters right now we're immediately getting to daughter is suspicious of mom go and that's obviously what the the movie is all about um and i do love it for that and it's you know we have to give it credit for that because we talk so much about movies just waste your time um but Mm. then it also was a bit like man i almost wish we would have had a bit more of just maybe the the normality of the relationship because it goes straight Maybe to suspicion we, i think i think we got a decent amount of it though that mm. monotony of the, the the classes and everything like we got it in yeah. a decent montage i think and kind yeah of, we did you know, i think it did its job yeah um but yeah i mean i guess you know that that's it as far as kind of synopsis i think it's mm. um you know that sets up the rest of the movie really her her kind of distrust to her mum and, and her kind of figuring out what the hell's going on yeah, like that's what's in the trailer really is this really interesting mm. dynamic and interesting premise of kind of like, right, if if your mum, your only person that you have in the world, your, your, your primary and, caregiver. Yeah, and carer, you know. Yeah, like if you can't trust that person, w- what is the option? You know, what happens in that scenario? And that's what the trailer did so well, where I was like, man, that is a great idea for a movie you know because you're like man that is the Mm -hmm. one person in the world that you want to trust and suddenly there is this level of suspicion where you're like what do you do like what do you turn to you know she doesn't have any connections and there's there's very small things like say in that first kind of 
um third of the movie where it's like the mum is controlling you know in a way like a lot mm. of parents are especially if they have someone that they have to care so much where she's like she yeah. doesn't let her have an iphone um they have a computer that's in a different room and she gets um you know the mum is in the room when she's yeah, browsing she gets the internet designated screen time yeah and yeah so yeah, you know, so she is controlling from the post and that sort of mm. thing you know because she's kind of waiting for this college application and and she's kind of her mum intercepts the post every day and kind of, yeah. you know, but then, but then kind of, you can also understand it because yeah. um, her mum is obviously just, he, she's cared for her for her whole life. And they kind of touch upon that. They've gone through a lot of different illnesses and, and ups and downs of um, Chloe's health. And so you can mm. kind of understand that level of protection as well in, in the opening scenes. Oh, a hundred percent. I think that's why it's such a good gray area to make a movie about mm. because it's like, at what point are you going too far? And that's what I wanted this movie to kind of like dabble in. And I think it did it super well where it was like, oh, okay, I get why you're doing this for her own goodness. Like, oh, that was maybe a bit too far. Oh, why are you, you know, treating yeah. her that way and stuff? And I think it was constantly hitting us with that juxtaposition of like, what is a loving parent versus someone who is actually controlling your life? Um, and they did yeah. a great job of that for me yeah yeah me too i think um that they started to kind of make make it obvious fairly early on i think mm. which um w was something that i thought they could have done with a bit longer but but yeah. yeah i think um you know you could understand the motivation you know for, for for a good point of it yeah for sure um but but yeah i think i think for me like this movie was um one one that one that I was quite looking forward to, and it, and it and it didn't disappoint. Mm. I think it, um, it it throughout the entire movie, I found myself confused by the runtime. Yeah, it never did the runtime offend me because, like, I got like there's kind of like quite a big um, set piece kind of in the forty minute mark of this mm. movie, and it it that really started to feel like final act stuff, and then yeah. I was like. How the hell has this movie got another 45 <laughs> minutes? And I think kind of the, the final acts were, you know, a little bit kind of like uh, didn't get to that levels again. But, but I also think that like this movie is quite, you know, very simple. It's mother and daughter. There are very few other cast members in this movie. Um, there are a few different locations but it is primarily set in the house and it is very simplistic and to have 90 minutes of that i think um it is a struggle mm. um but i think this did uh, an exceptionally good job of it you know i think at, at times it felt a little bit long but but i think it you know it, it did deserve that time as well i think sarah was fantastic in it and i think um the actress that played chloe was fantastic as well for for a debutant i think um you know she she really did a good job because she has to carry the movie mm. you know you are you are through her lens i thought she was very good i think um you know and and it, and i think kind of those those two playing against each other kept me engaged throughout and like you said uh, you know you touched upon it. it was such an interesting premise and i think throughout the movie i found myself intrigued about what was going on um i i i did uh, towards the end like the, the the not not to spoil anything but like the final scenes and then kind of the the, the final kind of like images post the kind you know right at the end of the movie as well mm. and and kind of where it all panned out i i wasn't fully on board with i didn't love it 
but it didn't, you know, it didn't offend me. I still had a good time, and like, yeah, I, I did enjoy myself with this movie. Um, yeah, I, I really loved this movie. Like, it was exactly what I wanted from the trailer. Um, you know, that we talked about so much about that premise and that setup, and I think that was what I expected going in. So then it was a case of like, right, how do you keep me entertained for ninety minutes, and where do you go with that? And for me, it delivered on both those. Um, I was like really tense throughout a lot of this movie. Like he did, t- like the tension in this movie, I thought was done so well. Where it's just these small little things that you've seen in other films, of course, but like. Small things like um, Chloe's trying to use the phone at some point to like try and get more information. And they just do such a good job of making like that feel really tense. Watching it as a viewer, it's like, oh my God, when is Sarah going to come in and interrupt her? And what's going to be that big reveal? And they kind of do gonna that. I'm not going to lie, that, that scene pissed me off a little bit. <laughs> Why? Just because it went on for quite a long time. Because the cord was long enough for her to look out the window, just constantly yeah. keep eyeballs on her. She didn't yeah. have to keep wheeling over to the phone. Like it's, it's got a long cord. I'm like, stay at the window. Yeah. Keep, and also not to, point. not, not to get nitpicky, <laughs> but like the reason why she gets thrown off in that scene is because basically there's going to be a surcharge added to the account. If she, if she connects yeah. her call, but, yeah. but she, there's going to be a call anyway on the call log. Like if the mum's yeah. that controlling, yeah, she's going to see yeah. you made a phone call. So, but again, that's very, very nitpicky. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I no, just, it, I, it was the tension did work. I just kind yeah. of laughed as she kept going backwards and forwards. Um, but I just thought they did that in so many times. I think what, what was great about this movie as well is it's really uncomfortable to watch at times because we have our lead character who's this young girl who is really struggling with a lot of different things. You know, we talked about how she's got this a paralysis. She's in a wheelchair um, and she's kind of like, uh, you know, she's happened to fight back a lot and she's having to do a lot of things on her own in this movie, as we've discussed mm-hmm. in the premise, when she's kind of discovering physical. what's going on. Yeah, and so she's like, there's this entire scene that's kind of so uncomfortable to watch where she's trying to like, it's so hard not to talk spoilers but she's trying to achieve a goal i guess that involves doing a lot of physical activity um and so it's like man like just her trying to get to to her chair a to point b in the movie (laughs) yeah but it's like do you know what i mean like it's you know she's there's a lot of crawling and just like right i have to use my upper body strength Mm -hmm. and then it's like oh now the asthma's kicking in and this movie is like when i was watching it, i was like this is like anxiety the movie when i was watching it because it's just like mm. it's constant sweaty palms and it's constant like this would fucking suck to be in you know do you know what i mean where it's like you're yeah. just screwed like you don't have any help from anyone when we talk a lot about with horror films there's always like uh and then the random guy shows up or or the dumb police you know they got killed but at least they they gave you a minute to kind of breathe and then you could get your escape or do you know whatever whereas this was constantly like it was pretty pretty much chloe versus the world from from minute one um and it's cool because it really does make you root for her massively as a viewer i found um and especially because of how good sarah's performance is as a villain Mm. um because she's just so goddamn sinister and, and plays that role so well where you're just like man i really want chloe to to figure out what's going on here um so yeah i was just in it like i was completely invested um from the moments that you talked about really where this really heartbreaking start to the movie which i think does a good job of giving the sympathy towards sarah um because Mm. then you're not immediately turned away by her controlling ways um but yeah Yeah. pretty early on you kind of like right chloe's my girl like she's the team i'm rooting for here and Mm. i just felt that way throughout until the finale and i think like the final scene is where the thing I really liked about the movie is that it never crossed into the obscene and never went like, right, this is, this is crazy stuff now because a couple of the ideas that I was thrown at the movie that I thought were going to happen 
didn't happen and i'm really glad they didn't because that would have been too far with the premise um it was only in the final scene where i feel like they took the reins off and was like look the movie's about to end we've told our great story here's the final scene where it's a little bit silly and we're just kind of having a bit of fun and then the movie ends so i'm okay with that um had they done that like 20 minutes earlier and then yeah that's exactly what i was touching upon that 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 final bit just wasn't as sweet as the rest of the movie no it's not as tight and it doesn't fit the rest of the movie tonally at all it's kind of it's a very very fun mm. ending scene to a horror film but it's not it doesn't feel yeah. in line with the rest of what you've seen that they've earned at that point um but yeah th- this was just what i wanted from a thriller and i think mm. you know to talk about the director um anish changetti now he's directed two movies the other one being searching two years yeah. ago and th- you know these two movies are, are very similar actually and they would make a cracking double bill um though you'd be absolutely exhausted from it um but just these really <laughs> yeah, in like enthralling thrillers that are really original concepts and again like that one was about 90 minutes as well um Mm. and uh you know they're just these tight little stories they're family-based thrillers Mm -hmm. um that really get you involved in the story they're nothing crazy with the budget or anything like that um no, but they're just the really cool movies or anything else they're, mm. just, they're just they're just human stories you know yeah, well, the characters uh, are written so well you know it, you know searching was you know like a, a father's love and, and kind of you know drive to, to find a child and this is kind of mm. like you know the other the other side of it where yeah. kind of a mother's love has become too domineering mm. and kind of you know too controlling um you know e- e- even if events don't play out the way they did like the fact that she's just kind of you know overbearing of of chloe it was was enough anyway and it just kind of you know accentuated for for the purposes of this thriller but i think kind of you know he really does a fantastic job of making these like you say these grounded stories but but fascinating stories because yeah both of these movies are fantastic for sure like and that that's such a i think he's really underrated with these two movies now and i mm. hope that like kind of he can keep kicking on with this sort of stuff because searching um i i'm looking at it now actually on kind of like the way it did and it made 75 million worldwide which i didn't expect at all like that's decent yeah, for you know a debut small movie um yeah. so at least that was a breakout hit whereas run is obviously a different kettle of fish because it obviously got put straight on yeah. the streaming and so we're not going to kind of know numbers like hulu have been talking it up at the very least doing their kind of netflix style mm. of like oh it's our most blah 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 best ever original film or whatever but um which is good of course mm. but like i don't want people to sleep on this because um it really is going to go under the radar and this is what we wanted yeah. from this year in terms of when we were talking so much about this year and i think it is hard sometimes to kind of get excited for these movies because it's easy to get bogged down in like the bullshit but i think like this is one of those yeah. success stories to be like no this was a cool movie that had a really cool trailer and then the movie completely backed it up and paid off um and they have put it to mm. on demand it wasn't one of just like well we've got our mother's day you know marketing so we're just going to stick to that day and we'll come see you next may or whatever when there's a thousand movies coming mm. out every week apparently um i'm thankful that well, we got to see that this sense. year yeah yeah you know if if we were if um you know if candy man and quiet place 2 are coming out and then this comes out as well mm. we wouldn't have seen this no you know that that's similar to what happened with searching yeah we didn't we didn't cover it for an episode of the show no um because it, it came out it had a super limited release over in england it was in the yeah. cinema for about three days if i recall yeah and it was right in between two big releases for us mm. so like we just didn't get to see it and and kind of by the time a theatrical release comes out on demand it just you know 
we want to keep things fresh and keep mm. new things, not movies that a lot of people have seen six months ago. So yeah. I think, you know, and it was a shame. Searching is one of the big movies that I I, I, I wish we had, could have covered. 100%. Um, and, and, you know, like th- this could have been that, but instead it's something that like in a, mo- in a year where we're scrapping, watching kind of, um, you know, I think like in recent weeks we've, We've seen some movies that we've got enjoyment of and like um, I, I, I spoke about like The Babysitter and how much mm. I enjoyed that and I wouldn't ordinarily. But this is just like a, a genuinely good movie that we, yeah. you know, uh, that, that we really, uh, you know, don't get to see that often. Yeah, uh, for sure. This year. <laughs> yeah, it was like, like I said at the start, it was a little bit of normality where it was kind of like this was mm. a movie that we were going to see this year. And again, mm. it just shows you that like this wasn't in like our top five or anything like that in terms of most excited for. But it was very much like, I think, one of the best trailers. I think I put it up there with yeah. Candyman and obviously with the director proving himself so strongly with his debut. I was like, ah, oh, this is like and again, talking about that trailer, like it, it, it does not give away what the stuff is like. We're not even talking no. right now about like there's there's twists and turns and reveals yeah. and i think they all work so strongly and the trailer does such a good job of keeping that away i think i think the thing for me was i watched the trailer and i thoroughly it, it, and i felt this throughout the entire movie I, I watched the trailer and i thought to myself that looks really cool mm. how is it how is it going to be a feature yeah and, and like i said it got to 30 minutes and i was like okay this was all really cool but we've kind of kicked on quite a way like this, mm. this movie doesn't just like you say it doesn't give you 25 minutes of them just living their life and her being homeschooled within 10 minutes we have like what's going on by 40 minutes we have the, what i thought would be a finale scene mm. and this movie is an hour and a half and like throughout this entire runtime i just found myself being like how is this movie where where's it gonna go and like i never knew where it was gonna go yeah that's a really good point is like the setup we know obviously from the trailers and mm. it was still it was still a great adventure you know being mm. with chloe and finding well, out what her mum is doing but then like you say when it actually does kick off and everything was revealed and it's like right what does then the movie look like and where does it go i never would have seen it coming like where it went and where it ended no, up and, and, I, and I, I, I think that's that. the thing is that like clearly there's conflict between chloe and her mum. Mm. clearly and, and kind of once we established it on the screen that there's conflict, it's quite early on. And I thought, what was the movie we saw, the Home Invasion one recently? Oh, um, man. There's a lot <laughs> of them. <laughs> the one where they, they invade a doctor's house. Um, oh, the, um, the, the, the British, British one. Yeah, the British one. Oh, God, I have to look it up now. Yeah, but that movie, we, we got to kind of like uh, 45 minutes in or, or 35 minutes in, and I found myself quite interested in it still. But then mm. it did nothing for an hour because it yeah. had no- because it was like all the cards are on the table. It was like the cards are on the table. We're just waiting for the final reveal, mm. and, and and it just did nothing for forty minutes and then gave us yeah. a final reveal. Whereas yeah. this movie doesn't do that at all. Like all the cards are on the table within forty minutes, and then we get forty five minutes of an of an adrenaline ride. And like yeah. I said, you know, I think um, it th- there are kind of like three kind of big moments in that kind of last 40 minutes and and all three of them felt like a finale and i didn't know where they were going to go yeah 
um the um, movie's the owners the british horror film yeah um yeah but yeah, yeah i completely agree with you and i think like it, it to me this is really up there with some of the most fun thrillers i've seen where i'm thinking mm. to myself like this this has bits of don't breathe in it when we talk mm-hmm. about how it's a very simple concept that is written so well that they're able to pull so much from it where by the end mm-hmm. of the movie there's like no stone unturned where you're like oh what if they would have done this and whether this is like nope thought of it oh what if you'd nope thought of it and, I, and that's how i felt watching this movie where there was wasn't a single kind mm. of plot line or line of dialogue or character where it wasn't like oh let's explore that a bit more it was like nope we done it we we moved on from it and now here's this other cool thing and i think that's the yeah. sign of such a tight script is like they gave me everything i wanted in all the different scenes um red yeah. eye is another movie like that as a thriller where it's just like every scene um is building towards different moments and it just feels like this kind of like adrenaline ride throughout and this is what this felt like to me like Goes i'm not Chucky as well <laughs> yeah like um thrillers aren't my kind of favorite i guess subgenre, if you want to call it that of horror like mm. i've liked them for sure but i think when they're done right this it, it shows that I do really like them because this is like I, I was really enthralled and really intrigued throughout. I really enjoy a um, simplistic thriller like what this hmm. is, like with Red Eye. Um, back, you know, go, going back a bit, um, something like Sleeping with the Enemy. I really yeah. love something like that where you just mm. kind of like, um, you know, f- for me, like Sleeping with the Enemy was a standout where it was just kind of like you, you knew the plot very early on and the sinister nature and it was just that tension throughout the entire movie and and that's Mm. the thing it's that tension can they get it and that's what red eye does you know when we get that heel turn it's early on and then like you get it for the rest of the movie and like and this is similar where kind of the, the the stakes are there it's very simple but because of because of chloe's situation it it becomes an impossible task at times Mm. you know like you said when you can't when, when she can't trust her own mother who is her primary carer like where does she go you know there is no dad character in this movie there are no signs of relatives she lives out in the sticks um her mum is making her purposely isolated from people um um and and you know so where does she where does she turn to like she you know she literally just picks up the phone and starts dialing random numbers. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and that just shows the level of desperation. And I, and I think that was kind of very well established. Yeah, for sure. And I think like we said before about the tension is like, man, the, I think it was like the most tension I felt in a very long time watching a movie. Like even like you said early on when it's like when you, when she finds the pills, which is like a pivotal early moment and what really mm. kicks off the kind of the suspicion. I was just like, oh God, that's, that's, that's fucked up. You know, that's like a small thing that, mm. that kicks off the rest of the movie in comparison to everything else. But I was like, man, what would you do in that instance? Like she's found these pills. She's been taking them. It's got a mother's name on it. You immediately know something is not up. And then like, again, this is not going to spoil this because it's super early on, but like they had just have a conversation about it, which I liked where Chloe just flat out was like, why do the mm. pills have your name on it? And she was like, Oh, that was the receipt, honey. And she's like, they're like, there is, they put the receipt on the side of the bottle. And you're just like, you fucking liar. No, they don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know that. And then you're like, does, but does Chloe know that? Cause we don't really know what she knows about the world. at this Yeah. Point. Yeah. Um, I really, I really like that. And I think as well, like I liked Chloe's directness early on because yeah. like a, a parent with a, a, or a child with a parent, if, if a child has a problem, they should go to their parent and speak mm. to them. And that's exactly what she does. She doesn't, she doesn't just like, see this bottle and instantly is like right i'm gonna i'm gonna send an sos to the mailman yeah i can't possibly talk to my mum about this yeah yeah and so i really like that like obviously she had suspicion but she did what what any parent should do and go to her 
go to her mum. Mm. You know, it just so happens at this point that, that her mum might not be the most trustworthy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I mean. And I think what, what's great about this conversation is we keep circling back to pretty much the same thing, which is this is a ridiculously strong premise. Mm. Um, don't We have an award for best premise, don't we, at the end of the year? I'm pretty sure we do. Um, I'm, I'm sure one of our wishy-washy <laughs> titles kind of brings that into play. Don't worry about it, bro. But like, yeah, th- this is this is a strong contender because it is that, like, and all about that is like right a premise is a premise like we see mm. shit movies all the time that have cool premises yeah. that don't do anything with it but like this is the movie is the premise again talking about don't breathe is a great example and then it's like yeah. right can you extrapolate upon that for 90 minutes and keep me entertained mm. and enthralled and tense throughout the answer was yes on all fronts so i i couldn't really be higher on this movie um yeah. as far as recommendations to go um it's an absolute no-brainer if you're remotely into thrillers or you like the sound of what we described in this plot see this movie um support this movie enjoy this movie um for me it's one of the joys of this year you know there's been a lot of um uh, unfortunateness in regards to obviously movies getting pulled and that sort of thing um but this is one of like the og 2020 movies as it were and it's great to see it and it's great that it was actually awesome as well so yeah for sure i'm i mirror pretty much all of that i think like you said i i think kind of um 2020 was the year of opportunity for movies like this and and for people to take gambles on a movie like this and and Lionsgate finally did with this movie and and Mm. I hope and I want to see that gamble pay off now because for for people that are looking to see a a great genre movie this is it and you know we have been we have been starved of that this year yeah after the the feast that was 2019 yes it's a good point because yeah like you talk about like host was a was i think the best example of that Mm. of like they just took the ball and ran with it completely opportunity um and freaky you know is another Mm. one that kind of like got announced out of nowhere and has done well like we talked about in america and it's a shame that we (laughs) it's a shame that we've not get to see it yet but i do think that's one that is like there probably isn't going to be any other major releases for the rest of this year. And so that really could, you know, um, hit with a lot of people. Um, but yeah, this movie's awesome, man. It's so nice. Again, like it, it happens every so often where we just get to have a really nice, pleasant episode where we get to talk about an awesome movie. Yeah. And cause that's what the podcast is all about. And, uh, it's always no, nice to do it. There was no delays in, in the, in the news. We got, yeah. we got, we got just some nice news and we even got a release date for a movie. We got the re- release date for Freaky. Like it was, it's just a pretty good week, mm. bro. It I'll was. Have, I'm going to have a victory sip of my beer right now. You, sh- you should. Um, but yeah, that was our discussion of Run. We would take a short break and we will be right back. So yeah, that I mean that's pretty much it for this week. Um, continuing the trend as always. I just don't really watch movies anymore that aren't for the show. So, <laughs> like, and like I think like we said, we've both been pretty preoccupied with like other forms of entertainment, primarily video games this time of year because there's just so much to play. Um, and yeah, I mean I've just been playing a lot of PS5. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot out right now, and there's more coming. Cyberpunk's literally out in like a week, which is mental. Um, but. That 4K goodness will be coming soon on the PS5 as well, though, for the movies. So oh, yeah. Waiting, waiting for that Tremors. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't want to talk about it every week because I'm sure there are people that are going to be like, oh my God, they're talking about it again. But shout <laughs> out to the goddamn Mandalorian, all right? It is the best thing on TV right now. Mm-hmm. And listen, I'm going to say something that may or may not be bold, right? 
but I'm just going to say it anyway. I was then about to say something that was bold as well, so I will <laughs> I will hold fire for mine. You, you go first. Like, if you take nostalgia away from it, and listen, I love nostalgia. I think nostalgia gets shit on way too much in terms of people's perspective, yeah. where people are like, you can't look at nostalgia, but no, 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 have fun. Enjoy what you want to enjoy. That is the great thing about entertainment. But for the purpose of my point, put nostalgia to one side and take that away from it. The Mandalorian is the best Star Wars has ever been. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it out. Do, do you agree with that statement? I, th- I think so, man, because I think as well, what <laughs> they're doing is they're, they're leaning into the nostalgia mm. of, of everyone. They're, they're mm. bringing in, you know, uh, hang on, I'll, I'll take a step back. I won't talk about what they're actually bringing in, but they're bringing yeah. in stuff from, <laughs> you know, um, all franchises. Different forms. You know, yeah, they're, they're bringing in stuff from movies, old, new, anime you know lore that's been in books and just everything so i think like every star wars fan of every generation can get some enjoyment from the mandalorian let alone the fact that even without all of that stuff it's incredible like you don't even need that stuff for it to be one of the best star wars things but the fact that they bring all this stuff in the fact that they go to like moss eisley and kind of like you know all of this cool stuff um and then let alone all the character references i think yeah the show is just unbelievable it's just a ridiculous yeah. achievement that every week you get to watch 30 to 40 minutes of just fantastic Star Wars yeah. every single week. Well, that's and what I, think I was that, gonna say. That, like, like, for me, the, like, Mandalorian has been the highlight of 2020 for me. Like, in yeah. terms of film, you know, TV and games, like, Mandalorian mm. has been the best because it's just been yeah. pure joy. And, and, like, in a world where we don't, you know, we normally spend our week, like, having the highlight of going to the cinema. Yeah. And, like, we've had that taken away. And so to have this replacement in Mandalorian and the quality be so high, like, it's been the highlight for me. Yeah, it's come at such a good time when you really mm. need it. Like, I think that it just deserves credit because it's so easy to be like, well, of course, you know, they have these big budgets and all that. But it's like, that doesn't mean shit in today's world where there's so no. much crap that gets money thrown at that's terrible. And I think massive props finally to Jon Favreau because mm-hmm. for him to be writing this thing every single week, and he's, again, my, my point I made a while ago talking about Adam Sandler when I was saying about how, you know, he was getting these plaudits for hidden gems and I was talking about how I don't think comedians in general get the credit they deserve. Like, yeah. he's a guy that's done a lot of comedy in his life and so i don't think he gets the credit as a filmmaker or a writer because he's phenomenal at what he does like you say tying together all of these different um laws of all these different years but then also just consistently putting out a fun and entertaining tv show every week that is so hard to do for sure for sure i think i think as well though like um the the fact that every week is something different and the fact that it is kind of you know um it doesn't just do what it did in season one like and Mm. it's not doing what it did in the prior episode like i kind of almost want the same thing from the last episode and then when it starts somewhere else i'm like oh no this is better like every time (laughs) yeah it's crazy that it's only been four episodes and it's like i can pinpoint Mm. them also because they're also different and Mm -hmm. um i love that but i'm also really sad because we're already halfway through the season and i just really don't want to end like an an email from star wars uh, from, from disney plus sorry saying like the december like slate of things that are coming out and it was like mm. mandalorian season finale like december 17th i'm like it's too mm. soon i'm like yeah. no, no. <laughs> i know it's so sad but we can just enjoy it every single friday i hope everyone else is um yeah but yeah that is pretty much it this week um coming soon uh hopefully um peninsula finally um <laughs> yeah like it's apparently on, are, we, yeah, it's, are we seeing movies that like we're, we're meant to see 
I know it's crazy. Like hopefully as it, as it stands right now, and again, it always subject to change. And we did the same mm. this last week and we've stuck to it so far with run, which was awesome. Um, is peninsula next week and then hopefully freaky the week after. So we're, we're ending the year well, and I hope that we're going to keep that momentum going into 2021. Cause that's what we want for the podcast. Um, but it's, yeah, it's like you say, it's completely great. Actually seeing movies. We wanna see. Yeah. That old mythical creature. It's nearly here. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was episode 222 where we discussed run. Uh, thanks for listening as always. And we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. And